This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. As a first-time mum, why is feeding your baby so much harder than anyone ever told you? I mean, probably from everyone you've ever seen, it, it looks fairly easy. Unless, of course, you've had a friend, a really good friend, that let you into the whole wretched frustration and sometimes painful process that beginning breastfeeding can feel like. So why do you think so many women fall into breastfeeding underprepared? And believe me, I certainly count myself into this category. I spent a lot of time in those early weeks wondering if there was anything I could have done to prepare before the birth. Today we're going to catch up with midwife Kath. She's been working with a UK-based brand to help promote breastfeeding amongst new mothers. And I asked Kath if she thought breastfeeding really is the first big reality check or problem of new parents. Well, first of all, I think most women, when they're pregnant, they just think about labour and childbirth and what's going to happen. And in my experience talking to so many women, they sort of put breastfeeding on the back burner because they think it can't be that hard to get a baby to suck on the nipple. And so going through labour is what it is, you know, and then whatever has happened, whether they've had a great birth, whether they've had a Caesar, which is great, whether they have stitches, whatever it is, then starting breastfeeding can be difficult because of sleep deprivation, pain and a sleepy baby. So I know it's a very long answer, but I don't think a lot of women feel it's going to have that many hurdles or potentially that many hurdles to breastfeed a child. It's a hard enough task in itself without having had to give birth in the first place. (laughs) Mm, Exactly, yeah. And I think when, you know, I teach breastfeeding, I do classes every week and I I always say to women, look, often it's the first time you're going to hold a baby, let alone change a nappy, let alone do cord care, let alone dress a baby and let alone feeding it breastfeeding the baby. So there's a lot of underground anxiety going on anyways because they don't know what's going to happen. So breastfeeding can be very, very easy for a lot of women and it works and the baby attaches and sucks and their milk comes in. And the other end of the spectrum, Penny, it's it can be just so difficult and soul-destroying because women feel that it should be easy you know, and a lot of that's got to do with the amount of milk some women make. Some women make a lot of milk, some women not as much. And so I feel women get very disappointed if they find it difficult to breastfeed. Are there any indicators like, you know, how would you know if you're in the category of it's it's going to be a bit tough? How do you know these things? Exactly. And, And that's what I teach. The way I say it is that your breast milk or your lactation isn't established till about six or eight weeks. And those first six weeks of feeding a baby, I think, is some of the hardest work you do. Oh, heck yes. Wow. And, you know, you're all of the above, tired, sore, emotional, new baby, in love or not in love, whatever. And it's very difficult. Now, I've got five sisters, Penny, and three of us 
breastfed very well and the other three didn't. So, wow. you know, even in a family, we're all individual. And again, I explained to women, you have your own coloured eyes, that's you, and you're breastfeeding, that's you too. So just because the next door neighbour or your sister or anyone else had a lot of milk and lactate, it doesn't mean you are. And, you know, we need to keep that dialogue going because it makes women feel very sad and I totally understand that because that word fail is thrown around and I just hate that because giving birth is just amazing and no one fails. Yeah. It's one mm. of those really weird things because oh, I don't know too many people from the 70s in my life everybody was breastfeeding there were bosoms everywhere babies oh, everywhere the burn the bra oh yep. yeah yeah well it was always I just always assumed of course I was going to breastfeed but mm. then it was that easy, as you said, six weeks after birth. In that first six weeks, it was bloody awful. It was bloody hard. Really hard. And the thing that I kept, the, the rabbit hole that I clearly remember falling down was, why didn't I know this and what could I have done to make it easier? Well, the penny... The stats speak loud and clear why it happens. At birth or in the first few days, the breastfeeding rate is like 95%, okay? Women are breastfeeding. Then it has a rapid decline, absolutely rapid decline. And my belief, and in my like 43 years now of being no. a midwife, is that women need so much support when they go home and we're not giving it to them. It, it is a daily support conversation of the village of women helping them because you're right, mine was the same. I just don't think I got off the couch. I just breastfed, walked, <laughs> went to the bed, drank, ate and kept feeding, thinking, gosh, it does take a long time. And then click, it happens. But we can't expect young women to do it by themselves because each generation has been different, Penny, in my experience, and these wonderful women now have got a lot of information thrown at them through the internet and people saying and, and SMSing and asking these weird questions. And also that they have a fear of failing breastfeeding because that stigma is still out there. If you don't breastfeed, you haven't quite made it. And it's just not true. It's about having a live, healthy baby that is growing. You'd be very hard-pressed to pick the breastfed versus bottle-fed oh, babies course. in a classroom. Absolutely, Absolutely. And, exactly. And it amuses me no end to look at my giant child now who mm. in those first five weeks you know I'd yep. have cold washes on his face oh, to keep no. him away. I hate that. That's awful. On the, on the bosom for forever. Yeah. Well my six foot four boy I think I did well with him. <laughs> fed him well. But yeah I know and with that cold face wash I just you know to me breastfeeding is natural and I'm not living in la la land because I've seen in the in in oh. the raw well but yeah quite a few it, times quite a few times but I know I know the women who I support with breastfeeding I mean I just you've got to keep it going and good on you when things you're having a good day and good on you we're going to get there again if you're having a not so good day it's all about talking it's all about putting some loving arms around these young mums and say what you're going through it's okay you'll get there our goal is long 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 term breastfeeding 
but it doesn't happen right now. We've got to work very hard to get there. And emotional support, being present, having people around them who are positive. I teach a lot of the new grandmas because when it was, as you say, it was different when they had babies and and encourage them to support the mum when she feels there's not enough milk or their lactation hasn't started. But it's, you know, I'm so passionate about it, Penny, so passionate. And But what I'm really passionate about is, is women being well and being happy as a mum. It's everything. It's Absolutely. just everything. Well, the thing that I remember doing in hospital was somebody tried hand expressing. Oh, my God. Once only, and then it was like, I oh my get God. away. I it was so uncomfortable. It's like having pins in your eyes. It's oh, shocking. It's awful. Good luck if it, if it works for you. But I do remember... <laughs> I do remember purloining the breast pump and just stealing it away to my room and then felt like I was pumping forever just trying Mm. to get my breasts to activate. But Mm. the thing is that um, breast pumps are not the humongous deal that they were 10 years ago. Well, that's a whole other story. What you need when you're starting breastfeeding is the baby. You need the baby (laughs) on the breast to consistently and you can't overfeed a baby. It's impossible. You certainly can underfeed a baby. But all these gadgets and things in the market about food or tea or herbs. I went to a conference and a pharmacist did an amazing research about all these ancillary things that are supposed to make lactation work and it was a quite a radical group of women I thought he's a brave brave man yeah because he stood up and he said no the only thing that works is the baby (laughs) and it's sort of like well yeah I've been telling you I've been saying that all my life I mean it just it makes sense because when we breastfeed our baby we use our senses we can smell them we can hear them we look at them and it's all about love and when we i know i'm not trying to be you know it's sort of weird but when we feed our baby and love our baby our hormones let down our milk it really works but when you've got someone stressed who's trying to catch drips off the other side of one breast and got or pumping the other side it's just like how on earth is anyone going to breastfeed when you're trying to do that because i'd heard that there's a bit of a, a move on to get your breasts ready for breastfeeding oh, and collect some colostrum before the yeah. birth but to really successfully to breastfeed you need a baby there if the antenatal expressing i understand it And again, when I teach women, I say it's not compulsory. I don't know about you. I couldn't get a drop out of my breast antenatally. No. And a lot of women can't. Now, there's a small group of women, very small, like I've probably seen five, who have an enormous amount of colostrum. Like I've seen a woman give birth and then the baby basically drinking and swallowing. That's Ah. how much. But it's not common because... Our body's not ready to do that. The brain understands when the pregnancy has finished and the cord's been cut and the placenta's been delivered. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to do the milk business. But it's it's the establishment and it's just having the baby there and on all the time. And my approach is always the baby. But, you know, you need to pump if you've got a prem baby, a sick baby, a jaundiced baby, or some of these little babies are like 2.5 kilos, you know, and they're a bit too tired. So that's when pumping is good. But a live, healthy baby, just that's the best. Yeah, a fed baby is good. 
when I teach breastfeeding, I encourage new parents, the, the mum and the partner, just to be quiet, just sit quietly, you know, after the birth, because it's one minute you're pregnant, one, <laughs> the next minute you're like, oh my God. It's what have we like, done? <laughs> well, it's sort of like people don't expect a baby to come out and they look at, I just love it. It's so beautiful. I encourage women just to sit and just breastfeed by yourself with your partner. I know as midwives, we come in and pop the baby on, but it's really good to do it yourself because you know exactly what you're saying. You actually know when the baby's on because you can feel that really deep, strong suck. And let's not forget, the babies know what to do. They are hardwired to live. And so because they want to live, they suck well. Now I'm talking about healthy, strong babies, not these little dots that are born. We know that it takes longer than the brochure tells you that (laughs) for the milk to come in. We know that some babies aren't marvellous suckers, but most of them are going to get it in the end. Can you combine feed and then still breastfeed in that first six weeks? Can you muck it up by introducing formula? You just can't. When I trained, the the process was babies were born for the first three nights, the mothers slept and the babies were given formula every night for the first three nights. (laughs) And... We used to feed like 30 babies. Uh, I I knew a a good experience. But, yeah, so they, the women slept and we fed the babies a bottle of formula. And then it was, because they were in for 10 days or two weeks. Yes. And the babies breastfed day and night. Now, we never saw a lot of issues, really, because one of the most difficult things, the night of the second day, is wild okay if you have a baby today and then tomorrow night the baby's starting to lose weight a bit all that extra excess fluid it's had from utero is is gone they've weaned and pooed everything and and if you don't have a lot of colostrum you do not have that baby off the breast on that second night and that's where a lot of women and their partners go up I have not slept all night. I don't know. what uh, This is not going to can't, work. Yeah, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, I can't do this anymore. And again, that needs to be taught too. Like we need to say, if a baby can get through the night of the second day and then the third day when your milk starts to come in, everything's in an alignment. But it's just about getting those babies through and the mums through because mm. they feel, again, like that fail word and... Why are they doing it? If they give some formula those nights, it's not going to affect the breastfeeding. But a lot of hospitals and midwives won't allow the formula. But doctors, and, and so I get the, the mums, if you're concerned, talk to your paediatrician, talk to your, to your obstetrician or doctor, wherever, whatever. And you can't keep going on giving the baby nothing because the baby can actually get quite sick. Part of it is having the confidence to know that if yep. formula has passed the baby's lips, you don't have to give up breastfeeding. No, no, no. And so it's, it's, I guess, having a little bit of self-confidence that there's going to be these natural dips and rises yep. and dips. And if you are committed to it and you can yep. give it a shot whenever you can, your milk will build. The hormones yep. will kick in. Mm. Things have got a really good chance of working out for you. And what a great feeling it is when that lactation's. Oh, so, isn't it? It's like I can remember like feeling quite euphoric, and it was like, <laughs> "What's wrong with you?" No, and no, I, it's and it's just so easy to. Oh, it is so easy, and it's everything. And 
Look, I have a photo of myself. I, I was I was up in Canberra for a family party uh, and it is me on the couch with my son breastfeeding and I look like, I don't know, I, I just haven't got any colour in my face. I'm just white. Oh. And I remember it was about the second week. All I did, and my brother-in-law walked past and said, are you still feeding that kid? I'm oh. like, oh, my God. Yes. But, you know, I got through, I kept going and... What you're saying, Penny, is if you are committed and you want to get there, it will. It takes time. But also the other thing, Penny, is that we're sending our women home possibly at the worst time. I think going home in 24 hours is much better than going home on day five. Much better. And it's a lot of people would be surprised with that mm. because the woman going home in 24 hours gets a lot more support. And I think it's too easy to catastrophize into the future, like, oh, he's having formula now, I'm never going to be able to breastfeed. I know. But the bad bongo drums have worked very well by scaring women. They've worked very well because women do feel very guilty yeah. if they have to give baby formula. They really do. They think there's something going to happen to the baby and it's like, it's food for the baby if you need that. If the baby needs it, there's, there's either two options. You feed the baby or you don't. There's nothing else in between. Mm. Sometimes I, I think, gosh, we haven't gone anywhere. We haven't improved at all with, <laughs> you know. Our ancestors who had 13 babies apiece probably did it way better because exactly. there, was, there was a lot more stuff that could go wrong than not breastfeeding your baby. I know. Like exactly. typhoid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And getting through childbirth. Alive. And alive. And we need another sort of revamp of breastfeeding, but not the extremes either end. Yes. We need to go and sit in the middle and look after women, every woman, with love and support. Because if you're coming, especially someone like me, I've been around a long time, I've seen it all, and to say you're going to get there, it's okay. And it's okay if you don't want to get there. We, we, we want... I would just want, want women you to, be to be happy. happy. Yeah. Because I look, I know fabulous, committed women who surprised me by not breastfeeding and I've never asked them why mm -hmm. because I'm sure that there was a very good reason for it. And then I know some other really young women who had a baby and couldn't breastfeed for psychological reasons. And yeah. You know, all these babies are turning out just okay. I know. And there's another there's another story associated with like and w there's so much pressure to breastfeed but do you know what Penny as soon as you get over the baby's over 12 months it's actually seen as weird if you breastfeed a child longer than that it really is and well that's, I don't think that that's I not right either it's not right because and it's no one's business. Absolutely. And when you feed for an extended time, it's okay. We've got to accept all levels of how women are feeding their babies. And I just keep going back. We've got to have a mum with a happy face because that's what the baby's looking at. No one yes. else. And no, you know, play gyms and things that the baby needs a happy face from mum. It's such a strong feeling to be kind and caring to women who have a little baby and have these little struggles. They remember the support 
you can give them. And it's not that hard to be nice to people. That's what my mother taught me. Yeah, exactly. You look after the, uh, look after the mothers. They need someone to, to look after them and care for them. Maybe you could share your breastfeeding journey with a mum-to-be and explain the good bits as well as exactly. the, the hard bits and how you exactly overcame. That. Yeah, exactly that. And it's also, like, you know, when the milk comes in, there are some women, their breasts aren't that big beforehand, but they're stretched like a watermelon, two breasts, and it is very, very painful. And you're sending women home with these two watermelon breasts and they don't know what to do. And it's, again, we need to have the plan when they're leaving home because that day four or five is a shocking day to go home. You're better to go home in 24 hours or day 10 and be looked after through that. And it will never happen, of course, but I still believe in early discharge and care of the woman in the home. Midwife Kath talking about all the help if you're a new mum starting your breastfeeding journey. And I sometimes wonder if we're doing women and babies a disservice by the fact that the only discussions about breastfeeding that we tend to focus on is whether or not you're able to do it in public, when possibly we need more conversations about being prepared to take the amount of time you need to feed or where or how to get help breastfeeding. Now, a new digital ad filmed in the UK by a company called Tommy Tippy called The Boob Life has been banned by multiple advertising platforms because it shows real women really breastfeeding. Despite being a very honest and realistic ad, it's been rejected in its original form and such with an MA plus rating due to the numerous shots of nudity and apparently even Facebook has labelled it as adult content. Vanessa Gonzalez is Tommy Tippi's marketing manager here in Australia and Vanessa, you've had an interesting ride with this advertising campaign running into a few dramas with the censors. Yes. The ad is a raw, honest portrayal of breastfeeding journey. So it does contain nudity and breasts. It shows nipples. It shows the body. It shows and, milk coming out of it. Yeah, it shows nipples. milk coming out of Yeah, that's right. So it's quite raw. It's real, but it does contain a lot of nudity. And because of that, we've, we've hit some roadblocks. Oh, I suppose you can't really comment on what the censors are saying, but do you think it it is a bit confusing? Grunting. I mean, anybody who has breastfed would be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, oh, surprisingly so, though. It is still the woman's body and it's not portrayed in a sexual way, so it, it shouldn't be. I feel that it's a little archaic to be censoring it in that way. Were you planning to run it during children's viewing times? Was it aimed for TV or was it a, an internet-only portrayal? No, well, we hadn't, we hadn't thought that, well, I hadn't included it in the media plan for TV, but not because of, of children's viewing. It's, it's not aimed at them, but in saying that, a lot of our media is online and I would think if you're not comfortable to show your children that sort of content, which is natural, by the way, it doesn't have any sexual implications, but it, it, you would just turn it off or not view it in front of them. We are in the midst of editing so that we can still get the message and start the conversation. There are a lot of odd-shaped bosoms in the world and not everybody gets to see them and you rarely see them lactating unless there's somebody very close to you that's doing it. 
I mean, how That's important right. is it to understand what it's going to be like if you are about to have a baby? I, I think very important. Often we don't speak of that pre-birth. Everyone's caught up on the actual birth, the, the addition to the family, which is all beautiful, but no one, I think, realises that it can be difficult to breastfeed, there are challenges that come through it. And in our research, it showed that majority felt that it was under-acknowledged what those challenges are, that it's not just simply put the baby on the boob and it happens. Which is the sort of general view that most of us hope is going to happen, I think. Well, that's right. We're still going at hoping. It doesn't always work like that. One of the things that your company does sell is all the stuff that you need to formula feed a baby too. So, yeah, mm. why are you getting so hard behind breastfeeding? We do sell bottles, true that, but we sell infant feeding. We're not only a bottle company. We've always had breastfeeding as well. It's recognising all the journeys, all the feeding journeys, not just breastfeeding or not just bottle feeding or combination feeding. Vanessa Gonzalez from Tommy Tippy. Just for the record, I think it's really important to say that there is much to be gained to sticking to breastfeeding if you possibly can. If you need any encouragement, the Breastfeeding Association are great. There are people to get in contact with that can help you, your maternal child health centre, your GP. And if you don't find somebody that you click with or who suits your current experience, please try another source because it's a tough process to go through. But if you find your person, the one person that really gets you and is able to help you, then it does make breastfeeding life so much easier. So good luck and uh, have a look for that boob life ad if you can find it online, even in the uncensored version. It's really not too much to get het up about. You're listening to Baby Talk. We're a weekly podcast about the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride of being a new parent. And last week we heard from the Red Nose Day team who are turning their attention to stillbirth with a campaign called Still Six Lives. And it's really important that you don't ever wait, that if you notice something change, anything, you're not wasting anybody's time, please pick up the phone and, and ring and go and have a review. That podcast is available on the ABC Listen app and on the podcast app you can find on your phone. If you know somebody who needs to listen to that podcast or indeed this one about breastfeeding, if you go to the ABC Listen app, you can find a button that allows you to share the podcast as an email or even a text message with a friend. I'm Penny Johnston. I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.